Welcome into the Tickets Basketball Postgame Show. Featuring Derek Pearson and former Husker and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! You're gonna go out of here as the Big Eight Tournament Champion. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Huskers fall to six and ten. A terrible outing at Rutgers. 93-65, the Huskers fall. Uh, there will be no polishing required. It was what it was. This is what my uh, my college coach would call a, a turd burger. <laughs> he goes, no, there's no point in putting trying to put lettuce and cheese and tomato on this one. We over me is the team's mantra. They need to go back to that. Go back to we is greater than me. I'm DP. No strict today, no Bach. Uh, but me and Big Sky will get you through until 4 o'clock uh, to talk about this thing that was um, disappointing is the right way to put it. Uh, 402-464-5685. You guys can chime in uh, on the Sardar Heyman text line. Call in the Honda Lincoln hotline if you want to call in and vent. Uh, if you're going to vent, just you know keep it Keep it radio friendly. Say what you got to say, but say it radio friendly. You can get on the text line. It's not much to text about it, truth be told. We know what it was. Um, this was a night, an afternoon, where um, Huskers had to lead at 16-14. It looked like, okay, um, they came out, they had a plan, they were going to follow the plan, they were executing the plan. Um, I want to preface all this by saying the Huskers had three days to prepare. They've been in New Jersey since their last home game, uh, last last road game. They went to East Lansing, and they went from East Lansing straight to New Jersey. They did not come back to Lincoln. So you had days to prepare for this thing. And preparation removes chaos. That is the sole purpose of preparation, is to remove chaos. You're not going to see anything that you 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 haven't seen or prepared for. In a game situation. Um, what I would say is, again, you came out 16-14. Uh, at one moment in the game, it's 29-26. And then a run, you know, 12 nothing run, puts this game into dark, dark, deep water. And it stayed there, and it got deeper, and it got darker along the way. Big Sky, thank you for sitting in today. What's your first reaction and response as a, as a, as a, as a student of the university or former student of the alumni of the university? What's your first take? Well, I think we hit on it with our discussion there in the final couple minutes of the game. Uh, I kind of just had to finally ask you as somebody who doesn't know basketball very well, this can't be what it's supposed to look like. And then we mm -hmm. kind of went into it and you, you broke down some of what the issues are. And I was like, well, it makes a little bit more sense now that it's not working out because it's not what it's supposed to look like. And that is why they're not having success. Yeah. I went through in full disclosure. So, you know, as a coach, I've been in several situations where as a matter of fact, most of the situation I walk into are ones where it's a bad situation. And I, you have to be a part of the recrafting and recreating, redirecting of the program. Like the attitudes, the work ethic, the sometimes the system, right? Sometimes it's all of those things. And the best way to do that is to raise the IQ of the people playing. 
the system is only as good as the player's understanding of it. Like, I'm a full proponent of not running plays versus teaching players how to play. And by breaking that down, running plays just mean you need to be in a certain spot at the same space, but then it doesn't tell you what to do once you get there. Teaching how to play gives you rules of engagement. If this, then that, right? And to have enough repetition for it that it happens. This group, in the base premise for what Fred Hoiberg wants to do with this offense, has to hit open jump shots. It has to make open jump shots. And notice that I didn't say open threes. I said open jump shots because some analytics folks have taken a masterful basketball plan and turned it into this other thing where threes and layups are all there are. But that's not what always works in the Big Ten. Sometimes in the Big Ten, you need to adjust. You need to amend. You need to, you know what? I need to add a third level for you to have to defend. Big Scott, if I said that there are two spots on one court, there's two spots that you have to defend. On the other half court, there's three spots you have to defend. Big Scott, which court are you going to go defend on? Uh, the one with less places <laughs> to have to defend. So when they say that the mid-range game is not a part of what this system does, it's not true. It's a part of how they're using it, but it's not true. Why? Because if you can't make threes or you aren't making your threes, then you should be able to get to a higher percentage shot when they contest the three. Now, if you have two options after you defend the three, is it better than having one option when you when somebody can contest the three? I, I totally missed the question there. If there's if 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 there's three spots, there's the three point line, free throw line, rim. If there's three places for you to defend rather than two places for you to defend, which one's the easier way for me to attack you? Three levels. All the time. All the time. If you only got to defend two, you're much more, you're much, already you're a better defender. And if you only have to defend one, you're pretty hard to beat. So Nebraska does not take mid-range game. They do not take those shots. They do not make three-point shots. So now teams just have to defend the rim and the backboard. And that makes them so much better on a day-to-day basis. Game-by-game basis. Look, they c- I want a day where, one, they do nothing but shoot threes and free throws. Well, it makes sense hearing you say, you know, break it down th- – Rutgers attacks from three layers. Nebraska attacks from two layers. Because you watch the game and you almost feel like Rutgers is playing with an extra guy out there. Yep. And then you look at it. Oh, they're not playing with an extra guy. They're playing with an extra layer to their offense. Yep. So, it, it, again, a basketball illiterate mind, <laughs> it makes sense. And like we, we discussed, there's a little bit of overlap in the way that hockey and basketball look in, a, in an artistic sense. And in football. Right. And in football. Like, it's really simple. The rules – for sports at a, an elite level, rule one is space equals offense, offense equals space. And I don't care what system you run in any sport of those three, 
if the spacing is right and you have to defend more space, you are at a deficit. But Nebraska can't get people to defend 30 feet on a floor. They don't have to. They don't have to. And they put themselves in a box. Like, look, go through the drills. I Look, I would – a couple of things I would do. And, of course, you know, Fred, Buzzy, everybody, y'all be mad at me later on. First thing I would do is go through it. I would change – look, we're going to have layup contests every day. We're going to have three-point shooting contests every day. Make it competitive. Every day, free throws, competitive. I don't know if they're doing it. They may be doing it. It just doesn't doesn't show up on games day. But the practices I've been to, I can't say that. But if you're going to come out and not shoot threes, then you better have another level to how you attack people. And in the Big Ten, there's space. There is space. Because a lot of times in the Big Ten, there are big dudes who don't want to go out to the perimeter. That's why you want to run this offense. Because it makes big dudes run from the, the – there's a vertical line that, 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 that goes uh, – from the the front of the rim down to the floor. And from that line all the way out to the three-point line, Nebraska should be able to wear out Big Ten bigs. They don't ask them to. They don't force them to. That's fine. Then make them defend from the point of that that, that line from, from the front of the basket to the soft corner. 12 feet in either direction. Make them move. Make them move. Make them work. Make those wing defenders have to at least consider Derek Walker sneaking behind them. Right? At least make Rutgers defenders pay attention and stay connected to shooters while their eyes are in the wrong place looking at the ball. Because Nebraska doesn't punish teams who do not honor that. Like, if your eyes... Let me tell you, Big Sky, if you defended me anywhere on the floor and your eyes go to the to, to the ball, wherever the ball is, it's my job. The easiest thing that I could do is go in a full sprint to the front of the rim. And if I know I'm going to the front of the rim from wherever I am on the floor before you do, I should beat you there. And then all I need is the ball. We don't do that. This team does not do that. There's also no threat. There's no threat to the three-pointer being meaningful. There's no threat, right? It, it's it, the things that you, we saw today were mind-blowing. We'll go through the text line. I appreciate you guys because we are we're all live, so we're going to take it. Um, Texas says, at some point, DP, you have to call the coaching for what it is. I said this to Big Sky, and I'll say it again here. I'm not sure it's the coaching. I'm 100% positive it's the execution or lack thereof, because I know what the system is supposed to look like. I showed Big Sky what what I taught high school players who did not know how to play, who then went on to become state champions, how this thing is supposed to look. And to tell me that, they, that every high school that I've coached at has better shooters than Nebraska doesn't make – there's zero logic to that. But how they execute the shots is where this thing is bananas. Right? The guys on the clip, they these weren't six foot four wings, six seven wings. These are guys who look, who guys in the gym who knew where their space was, they knew what their responsibility was. Hey coach, I got an open jumper, should I take it? You gonna make it? Yes, sir. Cool. Take it. <laughs> hey coach, this guy's over defending me. What should I do? Should I back cut? 
What's the rule? Well, if he comes too close and need to back cut, then back cut. Do I need permission? No. Who's your best friend? The guy with the ball. Who's his best friend? The guy who gave him the ball. None of that is in play with this group. I can guarantee you that the system that's in play is the correct system. Now, the players have to execute and the coaches have to remove have to add accountability when you don't honor the system. And they've said, okay, you take bad shots, now we take you out. That doesn't address the problem. The problem is you didn't know what to do, even though we've gone over it. You didn't execute the thing that we practiced. And then you did a thing that wasn't beneficial to our mission, which is winning a basketball game. We need buckets and we need to stop buckets. You know how you know how to stop buckets? Because you know how to score them. And if they defend people the way they're defended, this team wouldn't average. They, you, you wouldn't give up 93 points in a game, 95 points a game. It just wouldn't happen. I think Curtis's uh, question on the text line is something that you kind of discussed a little bit while we were watching the game. There's a specific instance where someone took a bad shot and then played uncontrolled on defense. And it really typifies Curtis's question, what's more troubling, the lack of effort and commitment on defense or the lack of execution on offense? Both. <laughs> Both. It is a shot that was taken. And again, we, we, we can talk about the play rather than the player. But when you're facing Ron Harper Jr. and he is on – he is the phrase is he's on one. He was hot. Like he's on one. He's fully in his bag of tricks. So when you see him say, oh, Ron Harper Jr. is in his bag today – that means he's breaking out some – like he's showcasing it. He goes, oh, you thought that was nice. Look, wh- watch me pull this out my back. So there's a player, Nebraska went down on, on offense and he took an acrobatic shot in, 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 in space and difficulty, which when a guard makes that move, he has to plant his foot after the shot I don't care what the re- what the result of the shot is. Once he's taken the shot, he has a responsibility because he left Nebraska's bare end defense butt naked by being under their basket. He has to plant foot. The rule is simple. Take the shot, finish the shot, and then plant your foot, get in a horizontal line at top speed. It is a sprint. That's why you run gassers. It's a full sprint from the baseline to the defensive side of the court. And then IQ kicks in, which is what's my mission? I've got to find my guy. I've got to. So you defend basket, middle, man. Then it's once the ball's in play, then it's ball, middle, basket. That's that's the that's the rule. He sprinted back and he he kind of sprinted back. He fake hustled back. It looked like he was hustling to get back to the right spot. But how I know that he didn't do the right thing and he wasn't in the right space was if you have to identify the hottest the the player that puts you under the greatest amount of defensive duress, find him first. That was Ron Harper Jr. You know where he was? about 24 feet from the basket. And this player ran right by him deep into space. 
And as soon as he put his foot inside that threshold where a three-point shooter knows that he now has the green light and it's a go, and all of his teammates know go. Look, if he's out here beyond the three within a step and a half and his defender is below the threshold, there's a green light over his head that's flashing. Give him the ball. (laughs) And they did. And he drained the three. A five-point swing because – a player made a decision, and he double-dumbed on the decision. Double-dumb is I do a bad thing, and then to compound it, I double-dumb. I go and do another dumb thing out of fake hustle. You know somebody, you know, they, they make a bad play, and then they run, and then they go and foul somebody because they're frustrated that things didn't go their way? That sort of emotional immaturity can't exist in Big Ten basketball. I think it doesn't belong in any sport in any level, but that's just a personal opinion. Right. <laughs> right. Like to go through that. Now, I don't. To, so Kool-Aid Man says, well, you can't win with a bunch of prima donnas. Did you see Rutgers today? That was full on prima donna. That was full on peacock strut. You know why? Because they were balling out. They just beat Michigan. Right, and then they said people are questioning us because we had a fault. We had a bad start themselves. They had a bad start, and they were being judged. And people were picking at them. They're like, "No, no, that's not who we are." And we told you who we are, and now we're showing. So they went full peacock. Certainly doesn't help that there are some uh, sports writers in Lincoln that were predicting a Nebraska victory today, and so we got a little bit of bulletin board material for Rutgers going on. Well, well, here's the thing: everybody is supposed to say what they say. In the end, execution is what wins. Like, we can all talk it. We can all strut it. But if you're going to strut, you better win. Like, them's the rules. And so that prima donna aspect of it, I agree with. Don't strut until you win. Like, until and until you win on a regular basis, put your strut away. You'll have time to strut if you get it right over over, over a consistent basis. That's not what, what's happening here. People are strutting and not playing. They're not performing. They're not executing. And that's what's problematic to me. That's extremely. Uh, John Accord, afternoon, DP. Afternoon, John. Uh, that was a show. Yeah, yes, it was. Uh, backside defensive boards, defense period. Anyone going to block someone out? Um, yeah, th- that number, it was 9-1 to one offensive rebounds at one point where I stopped looking at the stat because I knew what it was. Um, uh, he goes on to say, if I was opposing coach, I would post up a guard. Uh, thank you, Mr. Porter. Stop <laughs> dropping threes. Uh, we'll probably more more of the same, unfortunately. Yeah, here's the thing. Leadership is vital. Vital. And this team's leadership is still not in place. Its identity is not in place. You can't say you're a team of dogs without your lead dog. No, you are a team with a lead dog. There's a difference. <laughs> There's a difference. Oh, you got a dog to lead you, but you are not a team of dogs. Is that a failure from one individual to grab that leadership, or is it a failure to lead correctly? Leadership can be taught. It can be coached. It can be example. I'm just not sure. So Derek Walker is currently the lead. The lead 
on this team. And his effort shows it. He's not the loudest talker. He's not the big talker. That's not. He's not a peacock or strut. That's not his deal. But what they need is a barking dog to compliment. You know how you, you have the little stud dog that barks and everybody runs from him, but there's always some big cat standing behind him quietly just holding it down? Well, now it's just the big dude standing there with a frown on his face. Efforting, he's ready to fight, but he don't have his, his, his lead dog with him. This team needs Trey McGowan's back. But that's not going to fix the problem of what they showed today because today was a I'm not in the right place. I'm not on time. I'm not going to complete the, the, the mission. Each possession is a mission. I've said it about football. I've said it about basketball. There is not enough urgency in these possessions. See, if I treat this possession as my last possession, my most important possession, I'm giving myself a chance to win. But if I play like the possession doesn't matter, that means there are going to be a bunch of possessions that don't matter. And that is frightening to me. Like, that's frightening to me. And so it showed out today. That's what it was. There's no other way to put it. So we'll go through the numbers. Uh, Casey says this. What's up, TP? What's up, Casey? I'm guessing this isn't what you saw in preseason and going to practice. Correct. Correct. 100% correct. Seemed too good to be true. I said that, that, look, I was stunned by what I saw in practice. The NBA scouts who came to the combine day said the very same thing, that they all sat in amazement. Look, this was a day when Trevor Lakes went 11 for 14 from three. Casey made six consecutive threes in in a scrimmage. I, I remember that day. You were buzzing in the office. Right, right. And, 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 and I came through and I said, wait a minute. I know that they have the pieces, and I stick by that they have the pieces. What's missing is urgency and recall. Accountability is necessary. Like, when you look at good Nebraska programs, accountability is there. Volleyball, listen, you've got Lexi Sun, who's one of the greatest players in the country, who was held accountable by these young freshmen who came in and pushed her every single day to the point where if you're not going to do what John Cook needs for you to do, I got this one right here that's ready to take your job and we'll handle and we'll execute. And people question that about you. Well, why would you play these young freshmen? This is not a good look. Well, because he had a much bigger mission and a greater task, which was a get to the NCAA Finals. You watch it in women's basketball. Listen, if 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 Sam Hybe isn't having a day, Jazz Shelley takes it over, and then she goes and gets, hey, Allison Widener, come here. I need for you. I need your energy right now. Got you, Coach. Nicole Caton, you're a veteran. I'm gonna put you at the end of the bench, but when I put you in the game, I need you for you to wreck stuff. Got you, Coach. Onyx Stewart, one of the best big girl shooters in the country, right? In several programs, she would be a feature. And she accepts her minutes, and then she comes in and puts work. As a matter of fact, what she did was she improved. She got better in the postgame so she could get extra minutes to shoot threes. It's missing in this current edition of the Husker basketball team. Alana Strick told us yesterday on On the Block, the most valuable thing you can do as a basketball player is the job that you're expected to do. And the shooters aren't doing that. 
Uh, the rebounders aren't doing that. The defenders aren't doing that. So uh, we'll throw it a break. More postgame when we come back. Back to the Tickets Basketball Postgame Show featuring Derek Pearson and former Husker and nine-year NBA vet Eric Strickland on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back, uh, postgame show. Uh, Huskers fall ninety three sixty five to Rutgers. Rutgers is on a roll. They're on a roll, and on a night where if Ron Harper is going to perform like that every night, uh, everybody needs to buckle up when they face Rutgers. Like Michigan figured that out. Uh, Harper was exceptional. Uh, Geo Baker did all the little things in space. Um, okay, he gave them almost triple double night. Uh, they, they were exceptional off the bench. Uh, their first four players off the bench <laughs> were 12 for 18. <laughs> 12 for 18. Uh, some of the, for the Huskers, led by, by Bryce McGowan. And I'm not mad at his performance. Like I said, sometimes you, you in a battle, you in a gang fight, you can't be out there swinging by yourself. It's just you and your knife. <laughs> you need some help. Uh, Derek Walker gave him 12 points, six rebounds. Uh, C.J. Wilcher with 11 off the bench, four of six shooting, two of four from three. Uh, Kese was two of five from three. Uh, Bryce was one of two. 0 for two for Latman, 0 for one for Kobe Webster, 0 for one for Eduardo Andre. couple of things. Um, I think we're at the point, and I, I'm one of those people that I have respect for the other stuff that Latman does. For Nebraska, um, especially when you're not the biggest, longest, strongest team in the Big Ten, that Lat throws himself on the grenade quite a bit defensively. Like he expends a lot of energy defensively that uh, that that sometimes get written off because of the offensive numbers. I mean, I'm just going to let you know the, the the greatest plus minus for the Huskers today was Lat Man. He and Derek Walker minus three minus four. No, DP, that does not fit my anti-Lat Mayan <laughs> narrative. No. Like, I I look at it like this. Like, I would want Lat on my team, and I want Lat to get minutes. My question is that should he start? Can you – can this Nebraska team compete offensively in the Big Ten with Lat Man taking four shots and going 0 for 2 from 3? Like, I, I don't think that – is a good recipe for for success. It wasn't a good recipe today, right? Like it just well, when he got his third foul early, they were competitive. It was it was twenty nine twenty six when when Lat was in the game and he picked up his third foul, and then he goes to the bench and it, well, both Derek and Lat got into foul trouble early. Right, like it's just not going to happen. So then it's 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 Eduardo Andre and C.J. Wilcher. Um, I think from the sake of this thing, and there, there are things that each player can fix about their, their 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 current game. The question is, are they willing to be mature enough to do so? Are you mature enough to be coached? Like, think about it this way. I know that they miss Trey because Trey fills a lot of empty areas. They miss uh, Bridenbach. Like, this was this would have been a great Bidenbach game. Oh, you missed a guy who at least will, will will rebound, contest defensively in short space. You missed those two. Like th- 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 that's important, but that's not excuse enough because 
the players who played did not do the things that they were brought here to do. Now, we're not mad at Derek Walker for his 12.6 rebounds. Like, before the season starts, if we say, hey, Derek Walker's going to lead the, the, the Big Ten in shooting percentage, everybody would throw their confetti in the air and say, well done, right? He's shooting at a high level. He's given us a couple of 16-point games. Like, oh, we're getting, we're getting the best version of Derek Walker. That we can, that they are helping him achieve. They, Derek Walker should be a 20 point, 10 rebound guy simply because on offense he's put in a position where he can be successful. And defensively, he is allowed to be the glass cleaner instead of the defensive quarterback. Right? That he has to cover other people's mistakes. And they don't have Trey to verbalize and be that defensive audible guy out loud. They missed that. They missed that. Look, I, I, I can tell you that is a big deal. But the shooting, it, it, it's weird to me. It, it, it's really weird to me. Uh, they were 6 of 18 from 3. But when the threes were made matter, right? When you make the threes, are you making them in the first half when it matters? Uh, you're making them down the stretch. You know, same for free throws. I know you're making them in the middle of the game, but can you make them when the clock matters, right? And let's still not bury the lead that this team. If this team makes free throws in three three games in the final 30 seconds, uh, they're nine and six, and we're having a different conversation. Or nine and eight at least, or nine and seven. But it's, we we can't even have that discussion. It's been the story of the Fred Hoiberg era. Really, what you're getting at is there's a lot of production in the middle, or when maybe. It's not as needed, and then free throws have cost them a couple of games late that they could have won, and otherwise it, we'd be singing a different tune. I have to be careful how I say this. So John Thompson used to say that end-of-game free throws require a steady sphincter. <laughs> and Nebraska hasn't figured out how to finish games. Now, they haven't always figured out how to stay in games. But I think this, the narrative is different if they've figured out how to close. And they haven't figured out how to close. Um, boxing out, I mean, you can't give up nine offensive rebounds to anybody. Look, it's been worse. There have been 13, 14 offensive rebound games. Today's offensive rebound number, they were, they, they were down nine to four. That's still too many. That's still too many. The rules of engagement are the stats matter if you lose. They do not matter if you win because the numbers will always tell you what you need to know. The loss thing, this is a this is a teaching board for Fred Hoiberg. That listen, Lat, we need more. I know we're asking for a lot, but we need more. Okay. Casey, we're asking too much of you. We're asking too much of Casey Tamanaga for right now. Two years from now, not an issue. Right now, that dude just got here. <laughs> that dude just got here. And he's undersized and often defending Big Ten wing players. Last time this guy played basketball before Nebraska is three-on-three in the Olympics, which right. is a completely different game right. than what he's doing right now. Right, to understand what it is. Um, we're asking a lot of Alonzo Verge, but 
So his assist was two to one tonight. That's kind of what he, you know, the range that we, we, we come to expect. Two of seven, didn't take a ton of shots, right? He had seven shots, shot attempts and four, four assists. But his impact on the game would have been a great day for him defensively to add more. Look, this team going forward, and again, they get no breaks and they get no sympathy, right? People are rooting for this team. They have the opportunity to fix things. But guess what? An angry, oversized, athletic Illinois team is coming in to Lincoln on Tuesday night. Kofi cares not about your your health and your issue. Kofi's coming. <laughs> and he's bringing an angry fighting Illini. So, opportunity for Nebraska to, to, to redefine their roles, responsibility, and accountability. There can be no shutting of the, the gym doors this week. When this Husker team gets back tonight, the, the shooting machine should be on until Tuesday morning. The room can never go dark. I can get you into the Devaney Center if you'd like. My end card still provides access. If you want to go in there, we, they, can, they we, can, let, we can pull them off the bus. They, they let the thing is that they let, they let me into practices. So, because and and look, I'm not writing off folks rooting for this team. Root for this team, like they're not that they're not that far away. Well, we've seen it in like, games in games against NC State where they're close. Well, I just said that for for football fans, like. <laughs> Like, it's – you are what you are. You're 6-10. and ten. And that means you're making 6-10 and ten decisions. You're, 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 you're being effective at 6-10 and ten levels. You're, you're – <laughs> all of those things – all the truth behind it is you haven't figured out how to win games that you should win. And you haven't figured out how to stay close in games that maybe you shouldn't. But there's an opportunity to get right remember to stay in the same lane would be awful don't rush trey mcgowan's to come back to keep you from 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 going six and 15 rather than eight and eight and 12 let that dude come back when he's ready and then when he does come back use him in a way that's beneficial to the other players on the floor and then let those dudes fight for him. Like if they're not gonna fight for, for Trey McGowan's, then we then I was way wrong about the, the makeup of this team and this roster. And the coaching staff. Like I think it's gonna happen, but today was not pretty. So I'm not going to polish the turd burger for, for anybody. I'm not gonna do it. It was terrible. It was terrible. And so I didn't even look at, at, at Fred's post game post game. I didn't even look at it. I didn't look for notes. I didn't go through it. What I knew what, from what I saw was that they had opportunities to do some things right today. And for, a, for 15 minutes, they did the right thing. For the other 25, nah, not so much. Not so much. So we'll, we'll set up Illinois Tuesday, 7.30 tip. Uh, we'll set that up. PBA, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll go through the, the, the numbers for the Huskers. And then we'll say our piece. And, again, for you guys in the text line, you guys and girls on the text line, thank you very much 
for joining. It's not easy to post up when things aren't going right. And you guys right on, are still posting up. And I appreciate that for you guys coming to hang out with us after a loss like this. You are all of Kool-Aid, man, Casey, John, all you guys. You appreciate Faisal. You appreciate it, man. You appreciate it. You really are. We'll, the break. we'll close out post-game show when we come back. Back to the Tickets Basketball Post-Game Show featuring Derek Pearson and former Husker and nine-year NBA vet Eric Strickland on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. I am thankful for Big Sky coming in, stepping up for Bach and Strick. Uh, we get through this one. I'm going to announce this because I think we need to make it happen. Uh, we have the opportunity to, and if you guys are interested in you can simply tell us on the text line or on social media, let us know, would you be interested in a women's basketball postgame show? Do we want to track and follow that team through this season? It's not that we're not already following them. It's just Do we want to have a meeting yeah. place where folks who – who want to want to come and talk about you know good basketball? So let us know. Reach out on the text line. Uh, put just go ahead and put in the text line. Yes, no, um, and we'll make it work. We'll make it work. Um, reach out on social media. Hey, yeah, I'd love to hear more about the women's basketball team. Um, we're gonna have plenty with you know Huskers baseball and and Huskers wrestling along the way. Uh, of course, Grapplers had a tough night last night. Uh, they had four of their starting wrestlers go down. And so the four replacements came in. They battled. Uh, uh, they lost 18-15 to Purdue, mainly off the backs of some majors, uh, in major losses from from some of the replacements early on. They also, I mean, look, that's a really good team. That's a top 25 team. So they came in and handled their business. But Mark Manning, you know, he's got a group. He's got a group. They'll be fine. Uh, but, yeah, let us know if you want us to cover um, – the same thing, right? And then we'll gather. Of course, we got to figure out how to pay for it, but <laughs> we'll figure that out uh, along the way and get some sponsorship for it. But we've got some ladies that want to want to be a part of this, and I, I think, yeah, you know, John, I think it's a pretty good idea, right? Um, so we'll work on that. Maybe not for tomorrow, but maybe for next week. Maybe we'll be able to do that next week. Um, Big Sky means more work for you, more stuff for you to do. Well, as I've told everyone, I have nothing to do now that I've graduated from college. So. <laughs> True words have never been spoken. <laughs> busy in college, no longer busy in college. Right, right. So we'll get you more work and put you to work. I think that's fantastic. Um, you worked on a, on a demo today. Talk to me. Oh, uh, well, we just brought in some track guys. Uh, familiar names if you were listening to uh, my fill-in earlier in December when Terrence was out. Uh, Garrison Hughes, Michael Hoffer, pole vaulter, high jumper, both guys who have – uh, been at Nebraska for three years now, came in the same class as I did. Uh, they were actually my roommates my freshman year. Garrison's from my hometown, so I know him incredibly well. Mm. Uh, but two guys who are really high-level track athletes have been around the track, call it collegiate track sport. I'm not going to say game because that mm. sounds weird for track. Right. But they've been around it for a while now. They've They've been to nationals, and they've competed against the best of the best. They were both high school prodigies who were – tabbed early on and got looks from a lot of schools so just two guys that i wanted to bring on and other than just being athletes they're just really funny dudes yeah. really great guys they're not just jocks they have a lot of interest outside of the track and i wanted to yeah. bring light to just these two really cool guys so, so. We'll, we'll look at that their schedule 
and see if we can make that work to give some more coverage to it. Of course, we've got gymnastics covered. We've got football covered. We've got uh, uh, men's basketball, women's basketball. I think not only to have a post-game show, but to have a weekly show with, one, with two of the young ladies, and we should be able to push that button pretty quickly. We do have an announcement to make that 93.7 The Ticket and teammates, teammates mentoring, have reached an agreement where they will have a weekly show Wednesday nights from 6 to 7 to talk about mentoring and the journey, the, 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 the motivation by Tom Osborne uh, and his wife about how this came about and, and ways to reach people in this space and to use this station as a vehicle to do so. So um, mentor engagement, uh, finding, identifying future mentors and mentorees. We're going to do that, and I'm looking forward to to that that will begin this wednesday six o'clock six to seven o'clock here on 93.7 ticket uh, of course we've talked with mark manning he will have a weekly show here as well i think we're gonna go tuesday night with that uh we know the baseball guys are back this week um uh, that's gonna be exceptional swim and dive team uh we, we, you know, i love what they're doing uh man that's gonna be fun so we're gonna expand and, and you know put, highlight more Husker athletics, whether it be through current Huskers, former Huskers, Huskers, and then the coaches that are either past or present with the University of Nebraska. So we'll do that again. Not the best way to close a Saturday, a ninety-three to sixty-five loss to Rutgers. Uh, the ladies play tomorrow at PVA. Find your way over there. We won't have a post-game show for it this week. But even forward, leave a note on the text line or reach out to me or Big Sky on, on social media and let us know that you are in full support of a women's basketball post-game show. And we will effort to make it happen for you. Big Sky, any last thoughts? Well, even if you're not, we're not going to do a post-game show, but we're always talking about any Husker sports on, on Twitter. So just join the discussion in there. Get in our mentions, get in our replies, and start start talking Huskers with us. There it is. You guys have a great weekend. We'll wish for better results tomorrow. Go Big Red.